Hello, and welcome to the official podcast of Bishop Malcolm Smith. These teachings are recorded live each week and provided not only here on the podcast, but at youtube.com. Simply go to youtube.com and look for Malcolm Smith webinars in the search engine there. We also want to invite you to go to www.malcolmsmith.org. There you will find other teachings by Malcolm, including books, videos, and MP3 downloads. And now, with this week's teaching, Bishop Malcolm Smith. The Lord be with you, everyone. And I want to share what I would call the very essence of the Christian life. Uh, Some might say the secret of the Christian life, but it's not a secret. It's not for the elite. It's this is normal Christianity 101. And so here it is in Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians in chapter 1 and in verse 21. Very similar, not even a whole verse. For me to live is Christ. And then he adds, and to die is gain. But it's that first phrase, for me to live is Christ. And I believe that um, that those words take us into the very heart of the purpose of God's love. When we talk about God's love, as we often have, I point out that the word agape uh, describes the relentless, the passionate, the never-give-up movement of the love, desire of Father and Son and Holy Spirit to embrace you into themselves and in embracing you in to unite with you. That is the goal of love. Uh, You must never think of God's love as some sort of remote and distant niceness that he's sort of looking at you with a grandfatherly smile and just nodding in his eternal rocking chair. No, God's love is, I say it, passionate. It, it is supremely active. And, and that love is in our lives right now, seeking to draw us into union. And this verse is an exposition of that. And so... Uh, holding what I just said in mind, look at what Paul is saying here. Now, these letters, they're, they're real letters. This one was written by Paul to the Philippian people, and he was writing it from prison, uh, as in fact uh, more than one of the letters of Paul were written from prison. And he was in prison because of the faith, because of his preaching. The Roman government imprisoned him because to them he was getting dangerous. And now in prison he does not know whether he will live or die. Uh, He's waiting for the sentence, whether it will be a death sentence or free him. And so there he is in a Roman prison, which meant that he was chained by the wrist, 
to a guard. This is not merely a guard outside in the hallway. He was actually chained 24-7 to a guard. That's interesting thought in itself, in that the guard had to hear Paul's entire life in Christ, because uh, in those days one did not pray silently or read silently. One always articulated, and so when Paul prayed... Uh, the the guard was there, he had to hear everything, and when Paul was thinking, he thought in natural words, and when he wrote this letter, he he was saying it aloud to someone who was taking down dictation, and, and so there he is, chained to a guard in a Roman prison with no knowing whether he would be dead or alive this time next week. And I don't care who you are, that's high pressure. And add to that, Paul is a person who has been traveling the the Roman world. He has been going from city to city to city and preaching the gospel, interacting with the people. Now it's four walls in a tiny cell and there's that terrible for a person who is used to the open road, used to the changing scenery, used to the fellowship of the crowds, and now suddenly it's gone, and he's confined like a rabbit in a hutch. And add to that the pain of all of this, the the mental pain uh, as to whether he shall live or die. And of course the whole thing is unfair, it's unjust. He's done nothing wrong. But he is there essentially because of the rage of the religious folk who had caused all the trouble. And so here he is, Paul the prisoner. Uh, You could say he's demeaned, he's diminished in the eyes of the people. He's no longer the roving spokesperson for this new uh, movement of life, Christianity. Now now he's a felon. He's in chains. He's in prison. Maybe the death sentence. And so he writes this letter to the Philippians because they have sent him a cash offering to help him during these days. And now he's writing a letter back to thank them and to try and explain his situation because they're so upset about it. Of course they are. And he writes, and it's, dare I say, it's almost an off-handed remark. He's certainly not explaining what he's saying. He just tosses it out as an explanation of what's going on inside of him in this situation in which he finds himself. And to tell them, in essence, cheer up, chaps. It, it's why, why, why would he say cheer up? Or let's be more specific. He tells them again and again in this epistle to rejoice and rejoice and have joy and live in peace. He says the reason for such an attitude toward even the situation he's in now is. For me, he says, for me, to live is Christ. And he goes on, and um, 
I'm left with this phrase. And it's a phrase that has captured me over the years to recognize this comes out of the heart of a man who understands the gospel, who understands the goal of God's love toward us. For me to live is Christ. Now let's unpack that verse because almost every word is heavy with meaning. Okay, for me to live life Yes, I I want to make sure we understand what we're talking about here. Life, life is something that a person does. Life is in terms of what is happening to us and our reaction to what is happening. And all of that give and take and interaction with what is happening and with the persons within it and all the relationships that are taking place within that that is life sometimes I hear believers talk about life uh, in a vague um, almost abstract way especially when they use that other phrase of which this is speaking which is eternal life and I might stop here for a moment on that eternal life. It's very, I tell you right now, it's very unfortunate that our translators over the generations have, have called it eternal because in actual fact that concept is not in the Bible. We, uh, what do you mean by eternal? It's, it's an abstract, it's vague, it's sort of forever and it disappears into the fog. Um, the, the words in the Greek, it is ages of ages. And, and it, what, what it is saying, in effect, life, life that is in fullness real in every age, in every moment, in every hour. There's never a time, never a time, never a time. But this life in fullness is there. And what is that life? John seventeen three said, This, this is, and that's the translation, eternal life, or the life of the ages. This is, this is the life that you might know the Father and know Jesus Christ whom he sent. And so life is not this vague thing. Please, this this could be transforming to some people because how many times have I asked persons how do they understand eternal life? And I don't know the high percentage of persons who say, well, they're going to go to heaven when they die. Good grief. You're just hanging around here to die so you can get on with eternal life. How disgusting. Uh, no, of course. That's not the gospel. That's the worst news I've ever heard. There's nothing to do except a long list of things you can't do, another long list of things you should do but don't want to do, uh, and and then when you, when you die you'll go to this this place and it doesn't really excite me. They talk about golden streets. Uh, I'd get bored with that very quickly. Um, no, it, it's got to get that out of your head. Sweep your head of that religious nonsense. 
Oh yes, you 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 will live forever. Of course you will, um, because the very life of Christ in you determines that. But eternal life, if we fully understand it, means a quality of life, not mere a quantity of existence. This is a quality of life, and it is now in this moment as I'm talking to you. This life, this life is. And here, Paul says, for me to live is Christ. And let me say it again, life, the word life is not this something out there that's going to go on. The word life, life is lived. You can't have life without living life, living it. It's in the happenings. And it's in the reactions to what is happening. And those reactions might be joy, they might be peace, they might be sadness, they they might be frustration, they might be anger, they might be confusion. Life, the wisdom with which to make decisions, all that is part of living life. You, You see what I'm getting at? You can't put life on a cork board and have it there like a dead butterfly to talk about it. Life is lived. Life is something I'm doing right now. Life is something you're doing right now as you listen to me. It's this, it's the interaction of human persons to human persons and situations and events which human persons are involved in and all the relationships and attitudes and emotions and actions and reactions life 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 is spontaneous it's not scripted you don't get up in the morning and say well we're in chapter 4 line 10 uh, and now I'm going to say no life is spontaneous in a sense you don't know what's going to happen next it's 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 like an artesian well that's flowing out of you and flowing to you and you're in the midst of it. Now the amazing thing is that Paul defined his life, all that I've just said, which of course in his case right now involves being in prison under the worst kind of circumstances, surrounded by the nastiest kind of people with all thoughts coming as to what tomorrow holds. But he, he equates all of life, this, this word life, he, he says, for me to live is Christ. This is enormous. This is enormous. As I said, this is eternal life. For me to be alive in this moment is... Christ. Boy, just let that sink in. Let it sink in. Hear what it's saying. If you if you don't understand it, that's okay, but just hear what you don't understand. That your life, all that is taking place right now, all the reactions, reactions, is Christ. And this this is eternal life, what Paul is talking about. And also Jesus called it, he had come to give us life that was abundant, more abundant, overflowing life. 
um, he described it in John chapter 4, uh, be within you a, a great well of life flowing out of you. So I, I tell you there's two words in the Greek language. We do well at least to just mention them. The, the first one is bios. And, and you can hear that. We brought that over into English with biography. It's, um, and there's other words too. We, we, we use that word, and that word means in the Greek language, uh, my, my, uh, my existence. That is the fact I'm alive, and I've got some sort of health, and, and I, I get up in the morning, and I have breakfast, and I go to work, and I, I have lunch, and I do my work, and I come home, and I have dinner, and, and, and I recuperate by going to bed and sleeping to get up in the morning to go to work, and, and the, the people in my life, and it's sort of my resume, it's, well, it's my biography, my bios, and, and it's, it's life that is lived in the dimension of my mortality. And I'm living in this created world with other creatures, and that's it, my bios. But there's another word, and that word is zoe, Z-O-E. And that is used in the New Testament to describe life with another dimension. <clears throat> it is life in the God dimension, but in the God dimension in that I am in him and he's in me and I am living a life beyond existence. I have tapped into the original meaning and purpose of life. And that's the word used in the New Testament for the life which is Christ my life. It's Zoe. I'm not just existing. I'm not just surviving. I'm not just making it through the week. Zoe has lifted me to another level that is above and beyond just living out a mundane life. Jesus described those, he called them Gentiles. And the Gentiles means those who don't know there's a covenant. They're outside of the covenants of God. And he says that their whole life is summed up in seeking. And the word is used like for a treasure hunt. You're, you're, you're seeking all the things that are to do with what should we eat, what should we drink, where should we live, the clothes we should wear. <laughs> on and on. Morning, evening, sunset, sunrise. That's life. Survival, survival. He brings another life. A life that is defined by fellowship with God in Christ. It's defined by all the person of God in my life happening within my relationships and happenings. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Did he not also say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Now, this is major in our understanding of Christianity. But did you hear what I just said? Jesus said, I am the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life. Life, then, is not a vague energy. 
life is not just well you know my immune system's doing pretty well and my health is up to par I'm still alive no life that we're talking about here is not an impersonal force life is the person of Jesus did you hear it I am the life for me to live is Christ life is a person, not an impersonal force. But Paul says, I have within my bios, there is the person who is Zoe. You, you get it? Within my existence as a human, there has come the presence of the person who is the origin and the source of another kind of life. What on earth is he talking about? Let me tell you, this is not some mystical, you know, add-on to Christianity. This is what the New Testament throbs with. This is what made the earliest Christians the persons of joy and peace that they were. Okay, let's, let's go back a bit. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, that is the mystery. Uh, and yet it's a mystery that's in our face and that is that our God is love and and love demands more than one person a and so the father loves the son and the son loves the father and the Holy Spirit loves father son and is loved by father and son and he celebrates them and he is the, the dance of, of the Holy Trinity. But go closer. That word love that I've been talking about, this relentless desire, this passion to unite, well, in the original, in, in God himself, the Father, unites with the Son to the point where it says he is in the Son. And the Son to the Father where he says he's in the Father. And the Holy Spirit is in the Father and the Son and the Son and the Father in the Holy Spirit. And there, the three persons who are so utterly one, they participate the one in the other. They honor each other. They glorify each other because they delight in each other. And they listen to each other and the three wills choose to act as one will in fellowship and in doing work the purpose of the holy three and here if you read the scripture with this relationship in mind as the relationship at the very center of all that is you will hear joy every time you get an inkling of what happens between Father, Son and Spirit you hear laughter, you hear rejoicing, dancing you hear joy, you hear singing yes and so the Father gives not only all, he gives himself to the Son and the Son loves the Father and gives himself to the Father and the Spirit is the one who beloved 
a father and son loves the father and son and glorifies the father and glorifies sheds light upon son and father and he is the dancing love uh, of the holy trinity not one is before another the father is not before the son or the son before the father each upholds each is the strength of the other I am going somewhere with this you see because that's life please hear me that is life in the pure love in that honoring of the other the strengthening of the father in the son that's life says the scripture it says God is life that, that's, that's what it's all about do you get that now do you understand when it says that the father so loved you that he sent his only begotten son this son of his delight this this person that he honors and glorifies and yet when he looked at you it, it, words won't come <laughs> when, when God the Father looked at you he so loved you that he would give his son to come into your humanness and unite with you and bring you back to himself this is the gospel this is the goodest news you will ever hear God comes to us in, in the person of God the Son is given by the Father but what does that mean? what does it mean? it means that that unspeakable life of joy that is the result of love that peace that is beyond human comprehension that's a result of this love that unites between father and son now the son is inside our human he has become an authentic human being he was a tiny speck of life in the womb of the virgin mary he is born through her birth canal he suckles at her breast he's a genuine human but that genuine human is none other than god the son and do you, do you realize what has happened that fellowship that love that was between father and son and holy spirit has now come into a human being but a human being who is born into our world into our humanness into the brokenness of our father adam and Jesus, the true man, chooses and chooses and chooses a trillion times. He chooses to believe in that relationship. And he now, through our human, through our human mouth, through our human mind, through a human heart, he now fellowships with the Father 
that fellowship, that love, that union that belonged only to the Holy Trinity is now found in a human who relates to the Father and continually chooses to do the will of the Father and to live by the Father's love and to live by the Father's life and to translate that into life. So a new kind of life is happening in a world that believed the satanic lie of self for yourself. Now there's a new kind of life which is I am beloved, I love, and I love. They came into this world, I say, a new kind of human, really absolutely one of us, but choosing the truth of relationship with the Father as opposed to the lie of Satan which said you're on your own self for self. You can say the Holy Trinity now has come inside of creation and a genuine human is now relating to the Father even as God. And every experience he has and every relationship that he has is now in the light of and in the strength of this life of God that is being now shaped into human words and human experience and human emotion and human action and reaction. And the Holy Spirit came upon him and into him. The Holy Spirit came to earth, joined the creation, and he came in through Jesus. And he is the strength of Jesus. He is the one who guides Jesus, the man, through life. He enlightens him. He shows him the truth of the Father. He's his wisdom. He's his understanding. You do realize, don't you? I hope you are that in, in Jesus something new is happening in creation that had never happened before. Adam never came anywhere close to what he was created to be. But Jesus is not only revealing to us what God is like. Jesus is revealing to us what human beings were created to be. You get that? Our destiny. You see, Satan's biggest lie that has blinded millions is that you are a, a sophisticated ape. That you crawled out of a slime. No, you see, you were created in the image and likeness of God. You were created to be united with the life of God. This love between the Holy Trinity. You were created to receive of that life and be doing that life into creation. That's why 
You see, you were created dependent. I've said in the past, you were created, batter is not included, because the only life comes from another. And, and only in living out from God into the world do we fully discover who we are. And sin, the great lie was and is that you are not dependent you are independent you do your own thing you live your own life and you protect yourself against everybody else it's me for me and here comes Jesus who not only reveals who God is but he also reveals a human being who is what mankind was always meant to be one dependent on the father living here with two feet on earth he was a businessman in a carpenter shop for most of his existence on earth but at the very self same moment he is in fellowship with the father and with the holy spirit and he is dancing and delighting with the Father and bringing into this sad, sick, broken world the love that heals and the life that is life indeed. He listens to the Father. So he does his work, he does life. But he's always listening in his innermost being to the Father and delighting to do what the Father says. You may never have heard this. I say that because I'm reading your letters, <laughs> and I am amazed that there are so many that have never heard this. Maybe you've never heard this, that this is how you were created to live. This is your destiny, to live out from Father and Son and Holy Spirit as you fellowship with the Father, Son and Holy Spirit and to bring into this world the light, the unearthly light and life and love of God. All of you. Not just some elite, not some that we, we, we've determined to call saints. The Bible calls all of us saints. See, this is what Jesus did. He brought an end to our, what the New Testament calls flesh, which is living in my mortality, living as this is it. This is it. This is as good as it gets. My mortal, my nerve endings, my human emotions and my human decisions, that's as good as it gets. It's a flesh. It's a sum total of you as a creature. That's why Jesus took to death. And he rose from the dead, leaving that old mankind dead in the tomb. That It's a new mankind. Jesus, you see, came to recreate the human race. Jesus came to bring about, it says, a new creation. Or some, you might say, he came to complete what Genesis 1 began. And here it is in action. It's happening in Paul. It says, for me to live is Christ. And please hear what he says there. For me to live is 
Christ. It didn't say he was trying to be like Jesus. Oh, please hear me. You won't find that phrase or anything like it in the entire New Testament. It's not trying to be like Jesus. We're not trying to imitate Jesus. We're not even asking the question, what would Jesus do? Because quite frankly, if I'm going to go back into the Gospels to find out what Jesus would do in this situation I'm in, that would give me so much religious anxiety I wouldn't know what to do with it. And Christianity is not you trying to be someone you don't really want to be. It's not doing something that you don't want to do. Yeah. Think about what I've just said. It's not trying to be like Jesus. It's not trying to imitate him. It's not asking what would Jesus do in this situation. It's not trying to be someone I'm not. Christianity 101 is that Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that is upon him and in him, is now in and upon you. Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is in me. Not so much spatially, he's, he's in my life. He's in all the happenings of my life, the doings of my life, the actions and reactions and emotions of all of this life. Only now, my life is wrapped up in him and he's wrapped up in me. Christian life is Christ is our life. We are dependent. We're, we're deriving our life from another. And so Jesus is the human who showed us receiving life from the Father through the Spirit. And now He's in us and we're receiving life from Him life of the Father through Jesus to us and where he is there we are (laughs) see you're not trying to have joy because the joy that's spoken of in scripture is nothing to do with the human sort of happy joy happy 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 no 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 this is the joy of the Holy Trinity that entered human through Jesus and now comes into you which means it's a joy that is not dependent upon circumstances happening around you. Peace. It, it's not just, you know, well, you know, stiff up a lip, you've got to go through with this. No. It, you see, it's not drawing out of yourself some great power to have peace. No, it says it, it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of you is peace. And it's defined as peace that passes all human comprehension. The love that you have is not just trying to be nice to old ladies. Love is not gritting your teeth and trying to put up with people. Love, the fruit of the Holy Spirit within you is the love of God inside human which came to us in Jesus, and that Jesus is now in us through the Holy Spirit. 
No wonder. Huh. No wonder. Jesus said on one occasion when asked concerning this salvation, he said it was impossible. Impossible. Only God could achieve it. If your Christian life is just having a jolly good try at being good, well, you, you miss the boats. You say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're trying to be good as opposed to trying to be evil, but that's got nothing to do with Christianity. Christianity is the impossible life, as far as my human flesh is concerned, but it's being lived and living it because the Holy Spirit has brought into me Jesus Christ. It is so. You see, this, this love that brings about union, it's a union in which there's no separation. Jesus is not up there. He is inside our lives through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Huh, no separation. So it means I can never, I can never, never think of myself as Malcolm. I am Malcolm Christ in me. There's, there never can be separation. I can never be in a situation. I can never be in a place within creation, within life, where I'm on my own. He has joined himself to you and joined himself to me. No separation. But in so saying, you don't become him and he doesn't become you. He's he and you's you. But he and you are one. He's in you and you are in him. He is your very life. So your reactions now spring from him. Now your seeing of life is with his wisdom and understanding. Your peace sends people crazy because they don't get it. It passes common sense. Your joy to them is insane because it's got nothing to do with the happenings around you. And your love impacts their lives quietly, life-transforming. Tis so. And let me say this, because once I talk in these words, new creation and Christ living in you and everything I've just said, one would expect that a person whose eyes are open to this is what Jesus came to do, there would be uh, bright lights, fireworks and bells ringing. And No. God isn't magic. This incredible, yes, I use that word, incredible, and I use another word, wonder, miracle, has a very small beginning. It, 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 it turns on a dime when you have inner seeing of the allness of Jesus, but really and truly, you hardly see anything at this time. And I mean that. You hardly see anything. And, and you accept love accepting you. And the word that is used, and we've talked about it so many times, the word is, it's no. It's no. 
K-N-O-W. Only in the Greek language, it means to know by observation. It means to know by personal experience, which means you know piece by piece by piece. It isn't that it's all dumped on you. No, you know little by little by little. You know more at the end of today than you did at the end of yesterday. And it's been worked out into life and you've seen the fingerprints of God all over your life and you're beginning to wake up to this love and the fact it's all a gift. And you're growing in that knowledge. That's the way it is. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. He's teaching you that Christ is your life. He's teaching you how that works out here and how that works out there. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, heavy laden. I will give you rest. Then he said, learn of me. That is, I'll give you rest, but you've got to learn how it works. You see, so it is. The Holy Spirit actualizes this relationship. That that little baby that was just born, it's a miracle. A human being has come into our world. But the baby doesn't even know it's there. Totally dependent on others who believe that it is a true human being. And then gradually the child awakes as to who is and what life is and so on. Well, you have had a greater miracle than the first creation. You have been birthed from above, from God-heart. It doesn't surprise me that you know very little to begin with, but boy, are you growing, are you learning, are you discovering, are you realizing the Holy Spirit, your coach, your teacher, your wisdom giver, realizing that the way of your ancestors must be replaced by the way of Christ your life and to realize that some things that you do and say and think are not in line with Christ your true life and so they drop off you don't want them anymore you realize certain things you had to have before because your life was so dead and empty now you're recognizing Christ my life those things I don't need anymore there was a time when you would lash out at people. Your words were like cutting knives. And now the love of God who dwells within you just gently says that that's not how we act. And your tongue begins to be a tool of healing and health and hope and love. You see what I mean? It is so. There's a spontaneity. I begin to live the normal. I begin to realize in every twist and turn of life, in every simple joy, in every sadness, in every challenge, in every opportunity, I'm living from Christ, my life, who is sharing this moment with me. So we don't live by rules anymore. And, and that's where religion doesn't want anything more to do with us. But because... No, you're living from the Holy Spirit who instructs you in many areas where, in actual fact, it's very personal. There are areas of life that he allows for you because he knows you so well. And he wouldn't allow that for me because he knows me so well. 
but it's, it's life the Bible calls it life in the spirit life with the Holy Spirit your teacher the Holy Spirit connecting you with the laughter and joy and peace and fellowship and glorifying of the Holy Trinity is now brought into you through Christ through the Holy Spirit he says for me to live is Christ. There's a finality about that is. It is so. And we have been taught that it will be so when you and fill in the blank because many times it's, it's a sort of whatever the trend is. People come up with new rules. They come up with new possible ways of making your life miserable. And, and they say, you know, well, when you've done this, I, a, a chap came into my office some time ago, and, and, and he said, if, if you really want the anointing of God, I've got the program here. He, said, he says, you've got to fast for 40 days five times. And that was only the beginning of it. So I, I don't know how far down the road it would be before one would touch the anointing of God. And I tried to show him, we, we, we don't have to fast and pray for 40 days and more to somehow get God's attention and unlock the treasure houses of his love. It's been done. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was done. And all I do now is believe that it's done with the same belief the Father has that it's done. He said it's done. Jesus said it's finished. I believe them and it's open. It is so. It is so. It is so. Not will be so. It's not something locked up in the past as a was so, but is so. It is so. It means as you get out of bed in the morning, it is so. All the fullness, the vast ocean of every possible expression of love to you, in you, through you, is so. You don't have to do anything to make it so, because it is so. And it was so before you were born. You were born into this. Oh, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see what is so. And so your attitude is that you have strength for everything today. Whatever the day holds, I'm equal to it. Because there's more to me than meets the eye. Christ is my life and therefore I'm equal to whatever happens today. Christ in me, Christ through me, Christ thinking in me, Christ seeing through my eyes. So my attitude is one of cheer. What's up Lord? What are we doing today? And as you go to the office, he knows more about your job than you'll ever know. He knows more about your job than your employer does. So when the issues arise with the job, you, you've got an ear that is directed to listen. Your wisdom, I need your wisdom, Lord. At the water fountain, I need your love. I need your patience. I need your gentleness. 
I need your tongue. You get what I mean? Facing life, whether it's over the fence with the neighbor, whether it's interacting with teenagers, whether it's teenager with teenager, well, I mean, you get the point. Whatever it is, Christ is your life. Trying to explain this one time many years ago, I, I, I was getting sort of at the end of my rope with a person who didn't seem to get that it is. They felt they had to do something to is it. And I said, look, you, you, you don't get it that it totally is so. Christ is your life now. That's the gospel. You don't get that? Well, act as if it's true. And I said with tongue-in-cheek, you don't have to believe it's true, but just act as if it is. Go out there and act as if Christ is your life. Go on. Go out there, act as if he can speak his desires into your desire center, into your imagination, into your mind, into your emotions. He's inside you through the Holy Spirit. He's inside all your... Act as if that is so. And then, still not seeing too much light in their eye, I said, let's pretend it's true. And that got them over the hump. Because it is a hump. The end of the next day, they were so radiant, they said, I got it. That they, they had to pretend that it was true to get over their religion-locked mind. Pretend it's true. Pretend that Christ in you is loving through you, that his gentle power is equivalent to all the needs that you face, all the challenges. Realize it. Draw your life from him. Because it is so. And because it is so, you be so. And you do so. In Galatians, Paul said, for, he said, I, I live, I live, I live, yet it is no longer I, that old I of self for self. I live, yet not I. It is Christ who lives in me. To the Colossians he wrote, Christ in you the hope of glory. First John says, as he is, so are we in this world. There it is. Well, I'm going to stop because that, that really, really is it. You know, one last thing. I know, I did the unspeakable. I stopped and now I'm going to add. But you, you live by intention. You know, he says, Christ, who is my life? Who is my life? There's an intention about that. He's not wavering. He's not whimpering. He sits in that dungeon as the master of his situation. He is not cowed by the chain on his wrist. Nothing's changed. In Christ Jesus, he's the master of the situation. 
He's the one receiving divine wisdom and strength. Go live on purpose, not caught in every current that flows through your relatives, ancestors, neighborhood, school, workplace. But you put your foot down and live with intention. You live on purpose that in this I'm not caught in a current of what others think and do. I am living from Christ my life. Well, there it is. And now the blessing of God who is almighty love, who is life himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May he bless you, opening the eyes of your understanding, causing you to be flooded with light and truth and understanding of the hope to which you have been called that you might know by your own observation and experience that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in the very heart of the Holy Trinity is the power that works in you to bring you into such relationship. May that be so. For thus I bless you, and so it is.